decide on the chairs yet um, and honestly to be honest with you we want what's best for you I, if, if you guys want to keep the pews we want to do what's best for you guys okay this is not about what we want so in there what we have to do is we have to announce it three times for a meeting so we got to set up a meeting you have to announce three times for that meeting and there has to be at least two-thirds vote for or against those pews so you have to have at least two-thirds for to purchasing chairs to be able to do that. So I'm making that announcement tonight because we want to do things by what the bylaws say, not by what we want to do or anybody else. We have to do what the bylaws say. That's what they're for, right? So not to be back and forth to figure out. We're trying to walk through this and navigate it and do it the right way. So I wanted to announce that tonight. So we're going to have to set up a meeting how many of you guys would be willing to come to that meeting and then we'd have to do a vote on it and it's for the membership. So, and then, guys, listen. It's not worth relationships, right? It's just chairs. Whether it's pews, we stay with the pews, so what? If people are getting saved, that's the main thing. My heart is to reach people. And God can bring them in either way, right? So, Let's, let's focus on doing the right thing. So I wanted to make that announcement. I'm going to turn it over to Randy. He's got a few other announcements to make. Okay. So we're making the announcement today. I'm, can I put that out? Can I put that out? Can I say that? Okay. Uh, will Wednesday night service one time to, to announce the meeting and the next Sunday morning? And we can't actually have our meeting next Sunday night. That'll be that'll be three times. This, this, yeah, this, this okay. three times. 
Okay. Okay. So for those of okay, so those of you that are here that that are involved in this, we're making an announcement tonight. We'll make it Wednesday night, which will be announcement number two. Next Sunday morning, we will make the announcement again. It'll be announcement number three, and then we will set it up. And I will go ahead and announce it right now. Next Sunday night, we're going to have a meeting for a vote on this, for the members only. Um, if we have if we have five members here, we've got to have three of them vote for it. If we have 50 members here, we're going to have two-thirds of 50, whatever that is. One of you math majors. Here? It's two-thirds of the members that are here. You, you'll never get all... You'll never get all your members here. I'm telling you that right now. So, but anyhow. Okay, here's an announcement for you. Uh, Y'all are aware that we had a missionary this morning. We took a love offering. And I want to say that I am extremely proud of what you guys did this morning. $1,538. Give yourself a hand. That is, that is, that is supporting missions right there. And that's what we want to start doing is supporting missions. And that's a great start. For a missionary going to uh, London, Liverpool, okay. He's going to England. So uh, be proud of yourself for that. And I would say keep up the good work. As time runs on, just keep on giving to missions. And we, uh, Pastor mentioned it this morning. For the year, we have spent 8000 more dollars on missions than we took in for missions. So we're, we're taking it out of the general fund. And there's nothing wrong with that. But there's really nothing wrong with giving enough to support our missions anyhow. So we need to step that up a little bit. And we're trying to mention missions, I mean, as often as we can. Uh, I'll announce it. Pastor may come up announce it again in a little while. But just keep in mind that missions, how important it is to support that. Um, another uh, announcement I want to make was the 21st. I'm just going to say this again for you, okay? Ladies, this is the night or the day that we're going to feed you breakfast and have a gun shoot. And we need you to sign up so we'll know how many are coming for breakfast and how many we're going to have shooting. And it's not life or death if you don't sign up, but, I mean, we just prefer that we know what's going on and we can be prepared in advance. Uh, another announcement I want to make, what was it? Uh, we have a missionary coming on the 20, what was it, 27th. Um, Timothy... You can, yeah. Since you know something, since he's a friend of mine. So I had mentioned Timothy Timothy Groves. He will be here Wednesday. It's it just worked out well. I know it's a short term, uh, short notice for him coming, but uh, uh, he had a cancellation and he called. Hey, I'm in your area. I I had him out in Washington State. I had him in Wyoming. He know I've I've met him through my mother and father in law. Wonderful guy, great speaker. We've had people get healed in his services. Uh, God uses him. He's an evangelist, and uh, he was an Assemblies of God pastor for uh, for quite a long time, and then he went independent, so he has his own ministry called KBN, Kingdom Builders Network. But I'm telling you, he's a wonderful guy, and God will God uses him and works through him, and we all have our different, different giftings, but he will be here Wednesday, the 27th. He asked me if we had an opening, so he's going to be here, and if you can invite invite people that aren't saved. Invite people that need healing in their body and just see what God can do. Thank you, Pastor. Okay, two more announcements. Uh, I forgot one of them already. But one of them 
is I was threatened with my life if I don't ask for more candy. So bring more candy. I mean, we're gonna need if we're gonna do trunk or treat. We need we need to, when when somebody comes by, we don't want to give them two pieces of candy. We want to dip in and give them some candy, okay? And that's uh, to me that's important. It's it's relationship with the community. It's outreach, and so maybe you never get anybody to come to this church that comes to trunk or treat, but maybe they go to another church and get saved, and their family gets saved. So what? You know, that's that's the kingdom of God. He will bless us for what we do, whether it's our church or not. And so just keep that in mind, okay? Um, I did have another one I wanted to make, but I guess it doesn't really matter that much. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, it, what it is is we are not taking offering on Sunday night and Wednesday night anymore. If you have offering or tithe, put it in the box out in the back, and we will get it picked up and get it counted. Wait. Nobody can hear you if you don't have the mic. I just want to remind everybody that we're having a meeting after Sunday service, AM service next week for the trunk and treat. If you want to volunteer or you want to participate in helping with any of the activities or anything like that, just meet us after church in the fellowship hall. Yeah, thank you. Um, I think that's it, Pastor. just threw me under the bus right there. I thought they had more to say. So y'all stand up. We're going to worship. Father, we just thank you for the privilege to be in your house, God. Father, we don't ever want to take for granted, God, that we can come freely before your throne, Father, and to praise your holy name, to worship you, to even say your name in public, God. We don't want to take that for granted, God. Father, we pray that you would just have your way in this service tonight as we praise your name. And when I'm in the roughest waters, I won't go under, I won't drown. And when I'm in over my head, I know that you won't let me down. And when I'm broken and down to nothing, I know that you are always up to something good. Know that you are always up to something good. You'll make a way whatever it takes. There's nothing your love won't endure. I know that you are always up to something good. And even through the deepest valley, you go before me, you are here. And for I know you'll never leave me, your love surrounds me, I won't fear. And when I'm broken and down to nothing, I know that you are always up to something good. I know that you are always up to something good. You'll make a way whatever it 
takes, there's nothing your love won't endure. I know that you are always up to something good. And through the darkest night, you are on my side. You are always faithful. Through my fear and doubt, you will lead me out. You are always able. Through the darkest night, you are on my side. You are always faithful. Through my fear and doubt, you will lead me out. You are always able. To something good. I know that you are always up to something good. You'll make a way, whatever it takes. There's nothing your love won't endure. I know that you are always up to something good. You'll make a way, Lord. You'll make a way. Nothing your love won't endure. I know that you are always up to something good. So much power in your name. 
Scripture talks about the balm of Gilead. James chapter 5, verse 13 says, Is any one of you in trouble? He should pray. Is anyone happy? Let him sing songs of praise. Is any one of you sick? He should call the elders of the church to pray over him and anoint him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise him up. Then it says, if he has sinned, he will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. Elijah was a man just like us, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. I want to... Before we get into the message, I, I just sense this in the Holy Spirit. I kept getting the bomb of Gilead. If you need some healing tonight, if you need prayer tonight, I'd like to pray with you and anoint you with oil tonight and have some of our elders to pray with you. Do, do you need a touch from God tonight? If you're not able to make it up here to the front, I can come pray for you. Who needs prayer tonight? Would you just raise your hand? Anybody need prayer? Everybody good? Well, I guess I'll just, you, got, you need prayer, okay. Anybody else need prayer? He's stepping aside. <laughs> See, even, even he knows you need prayer. Yes, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, he has passed by this Reach out and 
Oh 
some time in your presence tonight praying for those that needed a touch from you Lord I'm reminded even in the scriptures it says you would leave the 99 for the one we know that's salvation but I also believe Lord you leave the 99 for the one that needs you and so Father I thank you for their healings I thank you for their your touch on their life for them sensing your presence thank you that you're here thank you for your word thank you for this time of fellowship Thank you, God, that you're in our presence tonight. In the mighty name of Jesus, and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. 
Well, good evening. <clears throat> Again, I want to say thank you to the worship team and to all those that are here tonight. Love you guys. Um, how many of you guys enjoyed your day today? How many of you guys enjoying the 80-degree weather versus the 103-degree weather? And then you get to the 80-degree weather, and then the humidity goes up, and you're going, man, I don't know which one I like better. <laughs> well, it's good to have you guys here tonight. If you have your Bibles, like the Lord is saying, am I not from the beginning? Have you not heard? Have you not read that I am the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega? I never change. I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. Trust in me. Trust in me. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Real quick, we're going to go to James, but let's, let's go over to the book of Revelation real quick. Would you go over with me to Revelation chapter 1? Revelation chapter 1, look with me in verse 8. The Apostle John on the island of Patmos sees, he gets a glimpse of Jesus. And it says in verse 8, it says, Jesus says, I am the Alpha and the Omega, which means beginning and what? End, says the Lord God, who is, God is, right? He never changes. Who was, he always has been, and who is to come. So he is what he is right now, right? Yeah. He's right where he's at. He doesn't change. He always has been, which my daughter asked this question, Dad, where did God come from? He always has been. Don't try to figure it out. You try to figure it out, you'll go crazy, right? And then he is coming back. Who is to come? And then he says, the Almighty. Verse 9, I, John, your brother and companion in the suffering and kingdom and patient endurance that are ours in Jesus was on the island of Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. On the Lord's day, I was in the spirit. So he's at church, right? The Lord's day. Is today the Lord's day? Yeah. He, he was in the spirit. We just were operating in the spirit. And he says, I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Wow, Jesus has the voice of a trumpet. Which said, write on a scroll what you see and send it to the seven churches. To Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Then he says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. 
And when I, when I turned and I saw the seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstands was someone like, this, like a son of man, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, and with a golden sash around his waist. His head and hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth came a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. When I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. And then he says, Write therefore what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. And then he talks about the mysteries of the seven stars. But John is describing Jesus. Now, was John one of Jesus' disciples? I guess we're going in a different direction tonight. We'll keep praying. Was John, in a, in, was John one of the disciples of Jesus? Anybody? We can have church. We can have a Bible study here. Yeah, he was one of his disciples. Did he see Jesus in the physical form? Yeah, he did. But now he sees Jesus in his glorified form. Remember the Mount of Transfiguration? James, John, and Peter were there. And Jesus is transfigured before them. And there's Moses and Elijah, which I believe are the two witnesses that you find in, in Revelation. But here they are, they're there, and Jesus is transfigured before them. The God that you and I serve, yet he, he was flesh, he was human being, but he is fully, 100% God. And he is to be revered and respected. Look what it says that John did. Verse 17, when I saw him, I fell where? At his feet as though what? Dead. This is New Testament, not Old Testament. Remember Ananias and Sapphira when they lied to the Holy Spirit? What happened to them? They died. Physically struck down. There's a reverence between us and God. Yes, he's a loving God, but he's also a holy God and an awesome God and an amazing God. He has the voice like the, like the rushing of water. Let's look at this, verse 12. Look what it says. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands, and among them lampstands was someone like a son of man. Let's look at how he's dressed. Dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet. And with a golden sash around his chest. Now the gold represents kingship, authority. Jesus has all authority. Remember the Father says, he has given me all authority. Here's the wonderful thing, something we were teaching our kids the other night. Not only does he have authority, but he has given us what? Authority. When you accept Christ into your life, he imputes not only his righteousness, but giftings, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, and authority. A few nights ago, my daughter, my middle daughter, and I don't know if it was true or not. I mean, 
you know kids, but lately they've been saying their dolls have been moving their heads on their own. They'll go in and their head's moved. And it's always in my middle daughter's room. I'm not going to say her name. And she came into our room scared because she had went to the restroom and there was nothing in front of her nightstand. But when she came back in there, one of her toys was laying there. So she was scared. She, she came into the room and I said, well, okay, this is our authority. It's the authority that Jesus has given us, not with a pridefulness, but with the authority that we see in Scripture. Jesus isn't just the lamb that was slain. He is also the lion and the lamb. So I took her in there and I said, okay, Natalie. I grabbed oil, cooking oil, because that's all I had on me. Got a little bit of canola. Don't, don't ever rub your nose like this and, and scratch the bottom of your mouth. You'll smell like canola oil for the rest of the night. But I began to anoint the house and rebuke it and take authority. And I had my daughter go into her room and I rebuked it. But I said, now you need to rebuke it. When you take authority of the enemy, you say, I command you in the name of Jesus, go to a desert place, never to return, and don't send any familiar spirits to take your place. Because when you clean house, if you don't fill it with God, seven other demons will come back stronger. So we took authority over it. She didn't have any more problems. Just because you're a Christian, you know, you can be in a church and demonic spirits can manifest themselves. They did in the synagogue. They've done it in churches. We have authority in Christ. And again, it's not a prideful thing. We got to be careful about that, that we don't become prideful and think that we have it. It's something that's imputed to us that Christ has given us. So let's look at what Jesus is. He's got, a, he's got a, a sash of gold around his chest. His voice is like a trumpet. I wonder what that's going to be like. Jesus just opens his mouth and it's like a beautiful trumpet. Hey, Lord, can you do this song? I, uh. Then look at verse 14. His hair or his head and hair were white like what? Wool. As white as snow, and his eyes were like a blazing fire. Hold your spot here. This is a whole different message tonight. God wants to do it in a different direction. Go with me to Matthew chapter 3. Matthew chapter 3. <clears throat> John the Baptist says this in verse 11. <clears throat> Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. He says, I baptize you with water for repentance, but after me will come one who is more powerful than I, whose sandals I am not fit to carry. Do you hear that? Whose sandals I am not fit to carry. In fact, in Joshua chapter 5, when Joshua's uh, looking over, kind of doing surveillance on the Jericho, he sees a man there drawn with the sword. And he says, uh, are you for us or for them? Meaning, are you foe or enemy? And the answer to him was, I am neither. But as the commander of the Lord's army, as the, as the commander of the Lord's army, he said, take off your sandal for where you are standing is holy ground. There's only one person we take our sandals off for. There's only one person we bow to, that's God. And so Jesus is powerful. And, and, and John the Baptist says, man, I'm not even fit to carry his sandals. 
because he is God. And then he says this, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, fire represents two things there. One, it represents purification. When you and I get saved, God purifies us. Then he fills us with the Holy Spirit. He purifies us more. One of the things about the baptism of the Holy Spirit that we believe in, that's why it was tongues of what? Fire, purification, sanctification. The whole purpose of getting filled with the Holy Spirit, and I love the feeling of it. I don't mind falling over in it, but it's to make us more like Jesus. We focus so much on all the feelings and emotions, which is not wrong, but if we're not leaving change, then have we really been touched by the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit will produce fruit in our life. Revival services. You go to a revival service. God knocks you out in the Holy Spirit, right? It's because we can't contain it. We leave the church service, but do we leave the same or do we leave changed? That will determine, was it really a move of God in my life? I've shared this with you before, but John Wimber, one of the ways he realized that revival had struck the church is because people got out of their pews, people got out of their chairs, people got out of their homes, they started going to other people's homes, started praying for other people, they started getting healed, saved, and set free. That's real revival. That's a real move of the Holy Spirit. So he says, not only I will, will he baptize you with the Holy Spirit, but he's going to baptize you with fire, which is consuming anything in your life. It's what we call repentance. It's what we call sanctification. You know, as the assemblies of God, we believe in progressive sanctification. You get sanctified when you get saved, which means to be set apart, but then God sanctifies you through and through. In fact, go with me to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. <clears throat> 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. Look at me in verse 23. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. <clears throat> Paul, writing to the Thessalonians, he says, May God himself, the God of peace, how many of you guys like peace? When you got saved, that peace just floods your heart. You're no longer enemies of God, but you've been made alive in Him. There's that, he takes off that weight off your shoulders, the weight of sin, and shines His light on you. <laughs> don't, don't pay attention to that. We got a little fluke. We're trying to still figure this out. We were talking about it at the last board meeting. But it says... May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and what? Through. May your whole spirit, I love this, he starts with the spirit. Hey guys, the real you is on the inside. Because when I die, this old flesh is either going to go into a grave or a little box. I want it spread out by the mountains and in the ocean with my wife. But my spirit goes to heaven because I know Jesus. So he deals with your spirit. May the God of peace sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, your mind, emotion, and wills. Anybody have emotional issues sometimes? I had an emotional issue yesterday. Left the house, came home. My kids were on tablets and phones. 
I love them, and I'm probably going to order them. I'll give, I'll give them a quarter for mentioning them a few times. But let's see. They only get one quarter, though. But I came in, and the house was a mess. And I got frustrated. Any parents ever get frustrated? Grandparents? Your mind, your thoughts, which you allow in them, and your will. How many of us are surrendering our will to God's will? How many of us are listening for God's will? Praying about His will? So God wants to set you apart for all those things. Think about it. He wants to set you apart in your spirit. He wants to set you apart in your mind, emotions, and will. And your body to be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Again, we don't know when he's going to come back. I mean, I'm, I believe that we're living in those days, but we may not be. I believe that we are. All the signs are pointing to it. But what happens if it's another 100 years? Are we living as if he's coming today, but are we living our life like he's not coming till tomorrow? That's that fire. That's Jesus, the fiery eyes that John talks about. That when we look at our Lord, there's this sanctification, purification, holiness, godliness, sovereignty, beautifulness about God. When you think of fire, you also think of power, don't you? I mean, I think of what happened, it's very, breaks my heart what happened over in Hawaii. And it, they believe it was electrical lines that caused it. And the winds that picked up. Fire has power to consume. You know, God wants to consume all the bad stuff in our life. He wants to consume the struggles that we have. He wants to consume even the cares that we have. Let's go back to Revelation. <clears throat> Verse 14, his head and hair were white like wool, which represents his holiness, his purity, as white as snow. I love, I'm from Colorado, and as a kid... I loved it when it would snow. It was pure and it was quiet, white, clean. That's why I could eat it, make a snow cone. His eyes were like blazing fire. Now look at verse 50. His feet were like bronze glowing in a furnace. That means there's authority and there's power and there's dominion. Wherever he sets his foot is his. There's a scripture that says everything belongs to God. Even the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord. It belongs to him. You belong to him. <clears throat> everything belongs to him. I've shared this with you on Sunday mornings, but everything that you have is on loan to you from God. Even your kids, even your grandkids, they are his before they're ours. This church is not mine. This church isn't yours. This church is his. It's his. It belongs to him. I've always said this. I'm not even just an under-shepherd. I'm just the, the sheepdog. <clears throat> then it says, And his voice was like the sound of rushing waters again that's a form of authority when I was in the military basic training 
the TIs or drill instructors, and I got a mic on, so I don't want to say it, but they use the diaphragm. And I've tried it with my kids, and it doesn't work. But, <laughs> but they use their diaphragm to yell at you, and it can startle you. Think about that, but millions of times greater, and that's the Lord. That's Jesus. Yes, he has a still, small voice, but he also has a voice, the Bible says, that thunders over the waters. He can silence the things the enemy has against you. He can raise things up. He can close doors that nobody can open, and he can open doors that nobody can shut. <clears throat> That's the Jesus you and I serve. In his right hand he held seven stars, and out of his mouth, listen to this, came a sharp double-edged sword. In fact, at the end of the days, when the, when the enemy comes against him, and all the hordes of armies come against him, says he's going to speak a word out of his sword's going to come out, and they're going to rot right there where they're at. <clears throat> That's how powerful God's word is. <clears throat> he speaks a word, and it happens. You and I were created that way. Everything that we have here was created that way. You've heard me talk about it. And God said, let there be what? Light, and there was light. He spoke. There's power in his words. Ephesians chapter 4. I shared this the other day. Verse 12 says, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. There it is. The double-edged sword. A double-edged sword comes out of the mouth of the Savior with eyes on fire, with, with, a, with, a, with authority on his chest made out of gold and kingship. Gold means kingship. He's the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the God of gods, and the one that knows your problem can solve any issue or any problem in your life. Nothing's too big for the God that you and I serve. He is mighty and awesome in power. And it says right here, when you and I read the double-edged sword, which is this right here, we're reading what Jesus speaks out of his mouth. And it penetrates even the dividing soul and spirit. That person that you've been praying for years, you can do all that you can do, but until God reaches down with his word, he can take that person that's hard and he can break through that hardness and change them and they can get saved and turn and live for him. So don't stop praying for him. All it takes is one word. October, I think it's October 3rd, but in the movie theaters, I would like to promote this as something I forgot to announce, that in the movie theaters, they're going to call, uh, have a video from Angel Studios called Still Alive, and it has Don Piper on there, a man that died and went to heaven, and it's going to share stories of not only people that died and went to heaven and came back, but people that died and went to hell and came back. It'd be something good for us to go to the movie theater and take somebody that's lost we got to watch the trailer, and one man would just begin to weep, and he goes, I, it got all dark, and it was horrible, and I was going down to this chasm, and he said, I was just praying to get out of that place. And when he came back out, he came back out a believer. So the, the word of God can divide soul and spirit. That word that speaks out of Jesus' mouth is a double-edged sword that can speak to the hearts and minds of anybody. 
And then it says joints and marrow. I like that he mentions that because I don't think it just means that he, he penetrates your bones and marrow in that sense, that uh, he cuts it up. But I think it can also refer to the healing that is found in the Word of God. In Isaiah 53, it says, By his wounds we were healed or are healed. Even Peter says that. And that happened on the cross. And it says that he not only died for our sins and, and, and uh, our inequities, but it says our pains and our sorrows. If you look at the word pain and sorrow in the original Hebrew, it literally means sicknesses and diseases. And it could be mental illness. I saw a man the other day over when I was at Walmart by the gas station talking to himself in midair. Could be demonic. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. And God's word, when it penetrates us, it judges our hearts and our attitudes. Then look at this, verse 16. Go back with me to Revelation 1. In his right hand, he held seven stars. That's speaking of the seven churches. Again, I think each one of these churches represents individuals, ages, but I also think it represents churches today. So he holds the churches in his hands. And the stars represent the pastors that are put in charge. We have to give an account to the Lord one day. He holds the stars in his hands. It's kind of like, have you ever had marbles as a kid? You ever play is it blackjack or whatever? I can't remember. What, you guys remember the name of that? What was it called? Blackjack's cards. What? Jacks. You used to play jacks. You know, you got the little jacks, you got the marble. And those marbles, you'd hold them in your hand. As some of you guys I know. You'd hold those in your hand and, you know, we, I would trade marbles, get the really cool ones, you know. And Listen, I can hold them in our hand, but I can lose those marbles. But though, the, the stars belong to Jesus. They're his. And he does with them what he wants to do with them. So can I tell you, hold them loosely? Because it's not ours. It's his. His face, look at verse 16. In his right hand he held the seven stars. Out of his mouth came a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. The brightness of the Son of God. One of these days we're going to get to see that brightness. About three years ago, I read in the Pentecostal Evangel. In the Assemblies of God Church, they, had, uh, they were preaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And there happened to be some Wesleyan students that were there that day and, uh, from uh, the Wesleyan College. And if you don't know much about, the, and, and I'm, I, grew, I went to Oklahoma Wesleyan University, but they struggle with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, anyways, there was a students there in this church because they were doing something I don't remember what was. But there was an elderly man around 80 years old that was in the church, and he had heart issues. And this is in Pueblo, Colorado, and he, he had a heart attack and died right there in the service. And the pastor asked everybody to leave. They brought him here, and they began to pray over him. And while they're praying over him, this man found himself on this dirt road. And come walking to him, it got so bright, and it was the Lord speaking to him. It was Jesus. And Jesus began to speak things into his life. And as he came to, they were praying for him. And he goes, oh, everything's okay. I'll be fine. I got a new heart. 
They took him to the doctor, and the doctor said, no, your heart's damaged. They looked at it. They took x-rays. They didn't want he said, no, I talked to the Lord. I saw the Lord. He was a bright. It was so beautiful. He began to describe they thought he was crazy. So he said, no, I'm going to get a second opinion. He drove out to Durango, Colorado, to the a hospital out there, went to the doctor, and they took a picture of his heart, and they said he had the heart of a teenager. God had completely and totally healed his heart. True story. Jesus and all of his brilliance, we're going to get to see him. And, and, and he still does the same work. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I think sometimes we have a harder time seeing miracles and healing in here because we're depending more on man than God. Now, I'm not saying it's wrong to go to the doctor. I'm not telling you that. Believe me, it's okay to go to the doctor. But when you go overseas, they have nobody to depend on but who? But the Lord. Again, I'm not here to judge anybody's heart. That's between God and that individual. And then verse 17 again. When I saw him, guys, when we see Jesus, when Jesus shows up, usually the first thing that happens is we fall down in his presence. Years ago, Thomas Harrison, one of, and I'm, I'm going to have him speak one of these times. He's in our district here, Dr. Thomas Harrison. He taught my Berean school the Bible, and he was at Broken Arrow Assembly. And when revival broke out, he said they were preaching, and all of a sudden they heard a bang in the service. Pow! And people ran to the altar, and they were on their knees. He said you could feel the, the presence of Almighty God in that service. And people were repenting and crying and weeping over their sin. And he was mentioning some of them. Some of these people are godly people. They love the Lord. But how many of us have something in our life that we need to repent of? And then look what Jesus does. Look at the verse 17. Then he placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be what? Afraid. How many times in Scripture you saw an angel and they fell face down? I guarantee you, if we saw an angel in here today, we'd all be frightened. <laughs> and they'd have to come over and go, It's okay. Don't be afraid. We shouldn't be afraid, but every time I've seen in Scripture where they see an angel, unless it's one like a man that you don't know you're entertaining an angel, that's different. But you see a manifest angel. I, I remember I used to attend, you, you've heard me say this, but I used to attend that Bible study called Insight. And I, we had a guy named a guy by the name of Keith Wheeler that would walk around with a cross. Now, I'm getting to a point on this, okay? He would carry this cross worldwide. He went to Oral Roberts University. And he'd cro he crossed the world, and he told awesome stories. He said one time they were down in Central America, and he was in a camper with his, uh, 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 the, the interpreter with him. And he gets a bang at the door one night. I mean, they're banging on this door, and they're, they're shouting in Spanish, bring the preacher out, bring the preacher out. And his, the interpreter goes out, and he goes, oh, yeah, I'll get him just a minute. And Keith... He wakes Keith up, and Keith's going, what's going on? And I say, they want you out here. There's a bunch of guys with guns out here. They want to talk to you. And so he grabs his Bible, grabs his big cross, goes out there. and I don't know if he grabbed the cross, or I don't remember if he had time to grab it, but he grabbed his Bible. And they're standing there in a row with these rifles. And he starts preaching them, Cristo, Cristo, you know, teaching them, Jesus loves you. He wants a relationship with you. And they said, we're going to count down from 10, and, we're, and when we get to zero, we're going to shoot you. He said, Lord, he said at that moment, he said, Lord, I know, I know I'm, I'm going to heaven when I die. I know that I'm right with you. 
But please don't make it hurt. Make it go quick. So he's preaching. He closes his eyes because he's like, I'm just waiting. All of a sudden he heard a scream and yelling and, and, and falling and noise of guns hitting the ground. And then next you know he wakes up and there's guns but no guys. And his interpreter said, you don't know what happened. He goes, what happened? He goes, there were two giant angels with their arms and they just flung those guys. And they went screaming and running because they were so terrified of them. That's a true story. That's Jesus. Angels serve him. That's the God that you and I serve. And he says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and behold, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. That means he's got victory over it. In fact, he says that not even uh, hell could prevail against the church. The gates of hell. Notice the gates. Hell's not moving. The gates of hell cannot prevail against the church. That means we're going to take new territory. What's the point of the scripture tonight? That sense of God's presence here tonight. The God that you and I serve is not a wimpy God. He's God to be revered. He is a God to be worshipped. He's a God that we love. He is a powerful God. And he wants to fill and purify our lives. And he wants to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit to go out and multiply. Do you know it's not the pastor's job not to multiply the church? Do you know that? Ephesians 4.11 says that he called five callings to equip the saints to go out and do the ministry. Go with me real quick to Hebrews, or Ephesians 11. I almost went to Hebrews. You guys are like, Pastor, where are you taking us? Go with me to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, not 11. There is no chapter 11. Ephesians chapter 4, now verse 11. Paul, speaking to the church in Ephesus, says in verse 11, It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. To do what? To prepare God's people for what? Works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. My job as a pastor is to teach you, to equip you, for you to go out and do works of service. And if you're not doing works of service, then I need to show you what to do. Now, I love going out and preaching, but it's sheep that get sheep. It's our responsibility, your responsibility, to get other sheep. I had an opportunity tonight. Is it okay if I share? I won't say names. But I had an opportunity to pray with somebody tonight. And uh, first thing I want to do is, do they know Jesus? You were there. Guys, we have opportunities. People are going to hell faster than we can even comprehend. And we got a God that has equipped us, anointed us, Filled us with the Spirit, with fire and power. What does it say? You will receive power when what comes on you? 
Yeah, we're, we're Pentecostal, right? Pentecostal. You know what Pentecostal means? I, th I think that gets a bad term. It just means 50 days past Passover. 50 days. We're 50 years. Right? I mean, that's what it means. But what it also means is that was the birth of the church. And God says that we will receive power when the Holy Spirit... He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with what? Fire. Purity. Anointing. Power to do the works that God said that we could do. Jesus said, you and I will do greater works than he did. Do you believe it? So, listen, it doesn't matter how old or young. God used me when I was an eight-year-old boy. Mom used to take me back to the intercessory prayer room. Back in the 80s, they had those. I think we need to get back to some of that stuff. And I remember laying hands on people. They had a lady that had a mangled finger and prayed for her, and she got healed as an eight-year-old boy. Doesn't matter how old you are. Moses was 80 years old when God began to use him in a mighty way. You might say, well, that was them in the Bible. Wait a minute here. Do you know what the, Acts, the book of Acts means? It means it's still going on. It's the Acts of the Holy Spirit. It means God still wants to use you. Boy, I can count all on my finger. I don't know how many in the Old Testament were, were 75, 100 years old, 90 I'm not picking on you. That's not what I'm saying, okay? I'm not telling you you're old here tonight because I'm going to go and I'm going to get in trouble. That's not what I'm saying. The point is God can use anybody at any time for his kingdom, and he wants to use you. And like John, if you will submit yourself to the Lord and see what Jesus is and how he can use you, you'll be amazed. You're his hands and feet. We're his hands and feet. You may not have the same abilities that I do, and I share this all the time, but you have abilities. All of us have some kind of gift. Some of us may have one talent. Some may have five talents. That's really talking about money, but I also think it's talking about gifts. Are you using them for the Lord? What are you doing for Jesus? I don't know why God wanted me to speak on this tonight. But evidently, he wants to touch somebody's heart tonight. I hope I said some things. I hope I wasn't too hard on you. I'm not trying to be hard on you. Because, listen, what's that old saying? When you have one point now, how many you got pointing back? Yeah. This is for all of us. We're all his body. But we serve a mighty God. And if you honestly believe in the infilling and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, start asking God to use you. Start asking God to use you. It doesn't matter. I mean, man, I talk to everybody if I can. I went to the VA clinic the other day. I just start, start you know, they start a conversation with me. I'll talk a conversation with them. And I always try to lean it towards the opportunity to share the gospel. Walmart, I what I said this morning is true, man. I, Walmart's my place. You see me at Walmart, we're going to have church. Don't, don't look at me and then go, oh, there's pastor. <laughs> I got some shopping to do. He's going to talk my ear off. But those are opportunities. Let's pray. Father God.
I believe you took us in this direction tonight. We need to be reminded of who you are. We need to be reminded that we're called to build up a body of believers. We're called to surrender to you. <clears throat> Jesus, even in my own life, all of us here together, we yield to you. You're the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end, the first and the last. You never change. You're holy. You're amazing and you're awesome. Your voice thunders across the waters. And yet there's a soft touch that you put on us, on each of us, not out of condemnation, but out of gentleness. And you put your hand on us and you say, do not be afraid. So Lord, as Isaiah said this morning in the book of Isaiah, Lord, will you put it on our hearts to go for you? Will you fill us with the anointing of your Holy Spirit tonight? We don't have to feel it, but we can be controlled and operated and moving in the Holy Spirit. Fill us up tonight, every single one of us. Fill us with the anointing of your Holy Spirit. Fill us up with fire. I pray that some of us would go to bed praying in tongues. God, I pray that some of us would, uh, would wake up speaking in tongues and praying in the power of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit, prophecy and words of knowledge and faith and, and gifts of healing and words of knowledge and wisdom and discernment. God, begin to equip all of us. Fill us to, Lord, we're reaching people in our neighborhoods. And where we shop and where we bank. Fill us up, Lord, tonight. Holy Spirit, fill us up with the anointing and power that only you can give. Jesus, your eyes are like fire. There's authority in your name. Your feet are like bronze, which is hard and cannot be moved. You have a sash of gold which speaks of your kingship and your lordship. Father, if there's an area in our life that needs to be purified right now, it's the time to get it right. Right now, where you're at, if there's something in your heart or your mind or your life that's not right, get right, repent, give it to the Lord. If you think you don't have something, begin to ask God to show you. David said, search my heart, see if there's any wicked way in me and lead me in the life everlasting. Father, right now we yield to you. I yield to you. Use us, Lord. Father, we can't grow this church. We can do all the right programs. We can do all the things that we think are right. But you're the only one that can grow this church. You said one plants, another one waters, but God makes it grow. Lord, and let our hearts be right for you to touch our nation again, for you to touch the state again, and for you to touch this church again. God, we got to let go of the past. Yeah, we used to have 150 in this church, 120 in this church. There used to be a lot of kids. That's in the past. You want to do a new thing. 
It's got to be something that you do, Lord, nothing that we can muster up. So, Father, we invite you into this place. If that's you, invite him in and begin to ask God, God, what can I do for your kingdom? What can I do for you, Lord? Where can I go? Send me, Lord. Send me. Ask him to change your heart tonight. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for everything you've given us. As we leave these doors, anoint us, fill us with the Holy Spirit to be witnesses to those around us, even our family, Lord. We thank you, we honor you, and we bless you in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. Thank you for being here tonight. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you on Wednesday.